Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Connie, your host for the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. Today, we're going to pick up right where we left off with continuing to talk about trials and suffering. I've got a few more points to talk about before we move on to something else. And today, I before I get started with our point for today, I want to go ahead and do a little bit of a recap for what we've been learning. So we learned so far that trials and suffering give purpose and produce endurance. They are our glory and our impact. Through trials and suffering, we gain life. They are our cause for rejoicing. And today we're going to talk about them being the proof of our faith and the seal of our future inheritance. And so briefly, going back to some of the other points that we've talked about, these are all different ways to look at the hard times that we go through in our life and to begin to train our minds and our hearts to view Uh, the suffering that we go through, the crisis that we go through as something that is for our good. And knowing that trials and suffering in our life are either caused by or allowed by God can be this reassurance for us that if we are in Christ and we love Christ and we follow Christ, then we can know that there is nothing that can happen to us where he is not going to walk us through it and use it to better us in our spiritual walk and better us in our um, testimony for other people and in our lives in general. Because there's always blessing when we are obedient, and especially when we're obedient in adverse circumstances. And so these different points have been with the emphasis of adding encouragement to you As you face things in your life that might be hard or difficult or frustrating or scary or just upsetting and angry, that you can know without a doubt that there is a plan and a purpose in these things, that they're not just happening to you by chance and that you're not necessarily being punished by God. Not every bad thing that comes in our life is because we're doing the wrong thing. A lot of times, It can be because we are in the will of God. And you may wonder, well, why is being in the will of God mean that my life gets harder? And again, we have to look at it in the spiritual context. If we're looking at everything in the Bible through human eyes and human reason, then that's where we get hung up on why would this be happening? But if you're looking at spiritual things through your spiritual eyes, 
then spiritual eyes tell us that we suffer because that is something that is needed in our life to instill deep character, godly character, to bring us face to face with the Lord, to show us our weakness, to refine our strengths. And so he allows things in our life that are difficult. But if we're looking at it with human reason, then we can get very frustrated and feel abandoned and angry and like walking away from our faith. So it's important that we begin to view trials and suffering with our spiritual eyes. And the only way we're going to gain strength in any area of our life is by stretching those muscles. And everybody that does any type of exercising knows that when you stretch a muscle, a muscle especially that has not been used, it gets sore and that muscle gets angry. We have all of these uh, contexts that we can take things from the spiritual and put it into our physical lives. And I think if we actually took time and did that, it could be very comforting. For instance, let's say that you haven't jogged before and you go out and you start jogging. It's for a good reason. You know, it's going to help you get healthy. It's going to help you learn some discipline. It's, it's a multifaceted thing. Not only are you going to be getting your body in shape, but you're getting your mind in shape. Because you're saying, I'm setting aside this time to go jogging. And I, and then when you start jogging, you're going to start feeling like you want to add some, that's going to motivate you to add some other things. And so you might say, okay, well, now I'm going to, you know, start adding some water before, before and after I jog to keep my body and my, my limbs and my muscles and my tendons and everything hydrated. And so out of that, there's motivation, there's a mental discipline, there's a physical discipline, And there's an emotional discipline because there's going to be a time where you're jogging and you're like, I really want to quit. But you're going to keep going because of that momentum and that, um, you know, that persistence that you've built by coming as far as you've gone. You won't want to quit. You won't be interested in it. So you'll push a little forward further. And then when you're all done, you'll start really being in pain. And it's not because you did something bad. No, it's the exact opposite. It's because you did something good. But it's outside of your comfort zone. Being healthy with our bodies is not comfortable. What is comfortable is overeating, being lazy, having no discipline, both physical and mental and spiritual. It's easy to give up. It's easy to not do the hard thing because it's hard. So by jogging, by doing that, you then hurt. And maybe you're tired and then maybe you sprain a a muscle on top of everything else. But if you continue to stretch that muscle, you continue to do those things that are, are causing discipline to be produced in your life, not only after a time will there be a new habit formed, a new pathway of thinking, but your body is going to look different and feel different along with Your mental ability to discipline yourself will be different. You'll be able to do it. And not only that, it will take more jogging now than it did before to make you sore. So your body automatically responds when there's any type of testing or there's any type of pushing. And our natural response when it's spiritual, when it's a crisis that enters our life, is to think, 
this is terrible. Why would God do this? I can't handle this. This, you know, this is crushing. This was my hopes and my dreams. When if we put it in the context of it's just like the runner that sets out to run and they haven't run before, they're not any good at it. They're out of shape. They have no discipline, but they step by step, they keep doing it. They keep doing the right thing and the right thing in the spiritual context of suffering is knowing that it's for a purpose, it's refusing to turn away, it's clinging to the Lord, it's speaking truth to your life, it's keeping your Bible open, and it's keeping prayers coming from your mouth. It is continuing to do that which you know is the right thing to do, regardless of how you feel, that ultimately produces this godly character, this closeness with the Lord, and this faith that is immovable, It is fixed, it is focused, it is rooted, it is not subject to change. And so that, my friend, is what I want to encourage you with. We need this spiritual strength. We need this supernatural, strong faith because life is hard and we will suffer. And we don't suffer because God hates us or he's always trying to prove a point. No, we suffer because Suffering is an invaluable tool, and it is a platform for most of our growth. And so today, we talk about it being the proof of our faith and the seal of our future inheritance. And we learn about that in, again, one simple verse, although I'm going to read two, because the verse right in front of it is important. And it's 1 Peter 1.7. And so last time, we talked about 1 Peter 1.6. And for the sake of context, I'm going to read them both to you. So starting with 1 Peter 1, verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being far more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. So it is not saying that because you suffer, that shows that that's the proof of your faith. That's not what this means. It means when a believer suffers and they remain faithful, then that proves their faith. And it's not even talking about it necessarily in the context to God as much as it is to them. Okay, hear me out. We are the ones that often feel like we don't have faith. We don't have the ability to trust God. We're not able to do this. We can't stop this or that. So it's more of a thing to me, I believe, that the proof of your faith comes when you remain faithful to Jesus and you see the Lord in a way that you haven't seen him before. And it's like, it goes off like a light bulb goes off in your mind and you're like, huh, I really learned a lot during this time. It's like revealing to you that everything that's been said about suffering being for your good and being out of love and concern that Jesus Christ has for you and being to make you stronger and being to make you better. It's like you can get that. You perceive it in your heart. You can take it in. 
It's not this foreign concept anymore. And I think we need that. We often think that, you know, oh, I've heard this a million times, and maybe you have, but it's not the hearing it the million times that's important. It's the one time where you actually go, I can take this in. I see that suffering has a purpose. I see that it is for my good. It is proof to me that I don't have to be afraid. Because we talk about it in the Bible, there's a lot of of terms or, or references to remembering. You're supposed to remember what God did and remember, you know, his faithfulness and remember how he came through for you. How can you do that if you don't have your own little diary of proof? And it's not saying that God needs to prove anything to us. It's saying that for our own sake, our own personal account, if we don't have anything in there where we've ever gone through it and cooperated with Jesus to where we can get to the other side and say, yes, the Lord came through for me. Yes, he changed me. I see now what he was doing. So this is saying that when we go through trials, and it, that, that we get this proof, and this proof is more precious than gold. And that's saying a lot because gold is pretty precious and important and, you know, the, the best of the best, best have that stuff. And stuff gets tested in the fire. It's like you go through the water, you go through the valley, but then ultimately you still got to walk through the fire. That's often the way it is. It's like when it rains, it pours. I, I can't uh, tell you. How many times I've thought that in my life. It's like, really? Come on. It's time for a break now. And it would be one more thing. And it's always the perfect thing. The perfect thing to cripple you. It's never that thing that you could handle. Like, oh, I could handle a flat tire right now. But not going overdraft in my bank account. And it's always the thing you can't handle that happens next. But friend, the more that you remain faithful in trials the more that when they come, you're going to be able to stand firm a little bit longer. And that's going to prove to you when you do that, because you're going to be seeing God. And that's the problem, is that we never get to the point where we suffer well, where we suffer suffer with a spirit of humility and a spirit of surrender to Jesus, where it's like, God, this hurts, but whatever you want, show me. It's in that place that the Lord can begin to work. And it's in that place that you see that proof that your trials are not for nothing. It hurts when we think it's for nothing, when we think we're being picked on, when we think that there's no purpose. And we feel that way a lot. But it's not reality and it's not truth. The truth is, is that it's hard to surrender in the midst of a storm. But when we do, that's when we see Jesus working. And it's when we become unafraid to take his hand and walk through. I have this watercolor picture up on my desk. Well, it's on my desk. It's above my desk. And it's uh, the whole picture is this flame, this huge fire. And there's the part of the flame that's blue. And I don't know if you know this, but the blue center of the flame is the hottest. It's not the orange or the yellow sparks 
that are the hottest. It's that center blue that you see in a fire. And in the middle of that, I have the words, I am held in the fire written. And this is what's an interesting thing because it's kind of, again, a twofold um, way to look at it. And I think it might be helpful for you, but this was a time when I was walking through deep depression and just not being able to figure anything out, not being able to get this heaviness off of me. And the Lord just kind of spoke to my spirit. You're being held in the fire, both literally and figuratively. Like, I'm holding you as you go through it, but I'm holding you here in the fire so you can't escape it. So at the same time that he was allowing me to be burned, he was holding me while I was being burned. You were like, okay, so? That's love. Love does what, not what we want, but what we need. And it does so with the purest motives. That's why he was holding me in the fire. He was keeping me there because I needed to be there. There was something to be learned. Or there was something to be learned and something to be burned off of me. But while he was holding me there and I was experiencing such pain, it wasn't out of maliciousness. It was out of tender love. And he was holding me and comforting me in the fire while he held me there as I was burning. And this goes back to the point that I made very early on in this message. We have to have a place where we accept the unknown about God. That that space where we go, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're good. A place where there isn't a need for explanation. There's an acceptance of his deity. There's an acceptance of his power and his rank that goes above us. The whole point of everything I'm saying is the suffering that you go through is the most important part of your life. It is a sacred space where you and the Lord alone walk. Don't let it be something that's hijacked by your old nature or by the devil himself to where you use it as something to harden your heart and to turn away from the Lord and to make up false ideas and theology about who he is. Because your suffering is your influence. Your suffering is your witness. Your suffering is the depth of your relationship with God because it's there that it's you and him. It's face to face. It's intimate upon intimate. It's protection upon protection. It's provision upon provision. It is learning who you are and watching your godly character be forged in the fire of the love of God that won't let you go and he won't let you be and he won't let you be okay with what you want and what you need. He is pursuing you. And holding you in a fire to make you something better. Learn not to fight against it. Take that risk. The world is full of people's opinions. We don't need 
any other opinions. What people need are your experiences. Because out of experience is birthed the right to talk about something. Experience isn't based on opinion. Experience is based on actually living and going through it. And whatever you're living through and going through has absolute value. And it wait in the kingdom of God. So hold up your head and refuse to turn away. Turn toward Jesus and watch him do amazing and wonderful things in your life. I'm so glad that you're here. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast. Share it with your unbelieving friends and share it with your friends that are struggling with their faith. I'm counting on you to help me get the word out about the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. I would like to reach 5,000 downloads in 2021. And I really could use your help to do it. If you like this podcast, drop me a comment and share it with one friend. Don't have to make a big deal about it. Just shoot them a text or when you have coffee with them, say, have you heard of this podcast? You should try it out. And then you've done all that I've asked you to do. Anyway, be sure to find me on social media at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things and leave me a private message if you have prayer requests or questions about your faith walk. I would love to answer you. I would love to tell you I don't know and research your question. But either way, I would love to connect with my audience. I will see you next time. Have a blessed week.